Hey everyone and welcome to 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. I'm your host Tom Lynch and we're here on episode number 24. Uh, This is our year end wrap up. 2017 has come to a close or will be coming to a close shortly. And I want to run down some of uh, some of the best things. Um, we've got three awards to give out tonight, um, and uh, and hey, let's just get to it. Let's uh, let's let's just say off the top, 2017 uh, has been a rough year for a lot of us. Uh, the stuff that's going on in our current political climate is bad, and it's uh, frustrating, but there has been some pretty great entertainment that's come out. So uh, so we're going to go, we're going to run down. We're going to take a look at some of the good stuff that came out this year and uh, give some props. So uh, let's, let's start. Um, so first up, uh, comics. I read comics. Uh, I read some comics, not many, uh, which is why this uh, field is kind of as small as it is. Um, so I guess I should back up a little bit. So every award, every year I've done these awards, I've always had like a ton of uh, nominees and then I go into a whole thing. So uh, this year I want to try and cut it down. Uh, there are three nominees for the awards and uh, and one wins, the other two get runner up and that's all there is to it. So we're really just giving out a best comic series of the year. We're giving out a best game of the year and a best movie of the year award. and uh, And we're just going to, just a couple quick hits. So uh, for comics, uh, your three nominees are Invincible from Image Comics, uh, written by Robert Kirkman. Kill or Be Killed, also from Image Comics, uh, written by... Oh, that's embarrassing. Uh, Brubaker. And then uh, Moon Knight, which I believe only had about six issues come out this year, but I, I like the whole series enough to include it here, uh, by written by Jeff Lemire. And uh, so let's let's go just we'll take a look at them one by one. Uh, so Invincible uh, is closing in on the end of its run as a comic. Uh, right now we're on part nine or ten of twelve of the final twelve issues, and what that means is that uh, they've been able to kind kind of ramp up in a way that that book hasn't had in a little while. Um, it it doesn't Invincible has been good in that it it kind of r- runs by its own rules. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of Marvel comics, a lot of superhero comics is very much, you know, you've got your six-issue structure, uh, and you can't really do too much to change the status quo until, you know, an event comes up, something like that. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, which uh, fell short of making the list this year, uh, kind of falls into that trap. You know, you've got a couple issues here and there of where there's no real movement, and then something like Secret Empire happens, and, you know, they destroy Parker Industries. Uh, I still like that story, but I think uh, being an independent book uh, as Invincible is uh, allows it some freedoms that uh, a corporate book like Marvel uh, cannot accomplish, uh, at least not Spider-Man. So what Invincible's been able to do is kind of just, you know, just race towards a final battle, uh, like a final resolution to what's been going on in the book since essentially the beginning. Uh, and, and it's been doing a really good job. You know, it's when I see that come in on my uh, on the pile, uh, it's a pretty quick jump up to the top. Uh, and it's it's uh, you know, the art's always good, always has been, always will be. You know, we've only got a couple issues left. Um, and I think, you know, I think The Walking Dead has stumbled. and But I think Invincible has really picked up the pace um, 
So I'm way into Invincible, and, uh, you know, I'm sad to see it come to an end, but, you know, I, I think it's about time. So, uh, so yeah, that's Invincible. Uh, Kill or Be Killed uh, actually started in 2016, 2017, saw issues 5 through 12, I believe. Um, they're not quite on a monthly schedule. Uh, they are bigger books, um, but they're just... Uh, w- what they've done with that story to flesh it out has been so fun. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Kill or Be Killed is a uh, kind of a crime noir thing, which is Brubaker's bread and butter. I didn't mean to do that alliteration, but as it came out of my mouth, there you go. Um, so it's it's you know this character who you know he's kind of off, like he's off his meds, and he sees a demon that says, you know, you'll die at the end of this month if you don't kill someone. And so he goes and finds, you know, the worst person he can find and, and to kill them. And then suddenly the demon goes away. And then the end of the next month, he starts feeling bad again. And he assumes it's the demon. So uh, that's only like one part of the story. The other part is kind of this dude's messed up personal life. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's kind of seeing the girlfriend of his roommate. Um, he kind of gets back together with an ex, like all the while trying to balance you know, finding and murdering criminals, uh, with everything else. It's, uh, it, it, it's a crazy, it's a crazy book and it does a crazy, a really good job of kind of balancing all of those aspects and making them all interesting. You know, every issue is pretty, is pretty well crafted. It's very well crafted. Uh, it, and it feels like a, it feels like every issue feels like a complete story, but it feels like you, you know, it's, it's part of the whole, like it, it does a great job of, just feeling significant. Every issue is significant. You know, something is revealed, something happens in every issue, which makes you want to keep reading. Um, you know, the, the Brew Baker just continues to just write really, really good books. Uh, and I think Killer Be Killer just got option to be a movie or a TV show from one of the um, John Wick producers, something like that. I am super excited. Like, that's a perfect fit for this book. Uh, and I hope, I hope something good comes of that. Uh, and then we've got Moon Knight, which, uh, as I said earlier, wrapped up its run in 2017. Uh, Jeff Lemire, uh, since he started on the book, I was a big fan. Um, I know Moon Knight's, you know, Moon Knight's an odd character. Uh, a lot of times, writers don't know what to do with him. Um, you know, he he, the debate over whether or not he has multiple personalities or not is something that I've actually researched a lot, and I started on a, a piece years ago and never finished. Uh, I actually might. I should probably dig that back up and see where I landed. But the, the way he handles his um, his mental illness in this book is is by far the best way it's been handled. Uh, you know, it's it's not it doesn't read like a superhero comic. It reads like a you know a story of a guy who's messed up. So you're never really sure if he's on the right track or not. And uh, really like even after the book ends you still don't really know what happened um and it's just uh they do it so well and i think that's part of the problem with moon knight is that a lot of times the execution just isn't there like sometimes they give them the multiple personalities but they're just hokey uh, like the the bendis run like oh now he can be wolverine like it's silly uh and then even going back to um uh the relaunch of moon knight i i, I forget the writer's name now, but those first 12 issues of that relaunch, um, 
not the Ellis, not Warren Ellis, but yeah, Warren Ellis is a, is a good example of a bad Moon Knight book. Like, like his take on that character is just like a bad Iron Man. And that's not interesting to me. Um, but like I was saying, you go back to the original relaunch when uh, David Finch was on as the artist, you know, he, the multiple personality thing wasn't there. Like he was kind of a messed up dude and he was kind of broken, but you know, he didn't, they did a good job with it from that angle, but I think Moon Knight is malleable enough to make these a couple different types of stories work with that character. And what Jeff Lemire did is probably the most defining work for Moon Knight outside of the original stuff by uh, Sienkiewicz. And writers' names just don't come to me right now. I I can't. Uh, oh, uh, Doug Munch. Munch? Munch? I'm never sure how to pronounce his name, but, uh, you know, defining the character back then was obviously incredible. And I, I think Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight really ranks up among them. So, drumroll, uh, the winner of the best comic of the year is Kill or Be Killed. Uh, it's just a book that uh, really just captures me every time it comes up. Uh, there's so... The, the issues are so densely packed and so well-crafted. Like, there's not a wasted word. There's not a wasted balloon. There's not a wasted panel. Like, everything applies and everything is important to the overall story. Just the, the way that book is structured and created is masterful in every way. I, I you know, really like it. Uh, if you have not read it and you have any interest in any sort of crime or noir or any of Brewbreaker's previous works, you really need to check out Killer Be Killed. Uh, he's been doing a great job. All right. On to games. Uh, I have not played as many games this year either. Um, and I think part of that is just because a lot of the games I played are very long. So I don't quite have as much time. Uh, I guess a lot of this really has to do with I just, I've been spending a lot more time on the site. You know, I, I launched the podcast. I, uh, you know was working more on the comics uh you know doing sketches on the side trying to get illustrations up and just time for some of this other stuff falls off a bit uh but that's fine because i'm still having fun so anyway video games uh our nominees are the legend of zelda breath of the wild for nintendo switch uh mario odyssey for the nintendo switch both of those two uh developed and published by nintendo and persona 5 uh published by atlas and developed by the persona group that's not right shoot um but anyway let's just let's run them down so breath of the wild zelda um the it was clearly a zelda game they were building for the wii u uh the wii u failed so they transitioned it to come out on the switch uh it obviously came out on the wii u too but what it what zelda does for open world games is well it opens it up um, a lot of open world games don't really have a true open world. Like, well, what's the definition of an open world? Um, a lot of open world games means it's just a large hub for you to run around and collect missions from, and then you do missions in that same hub. Um, you look at something like Grand Theft Auto, and I haven't played 5, uh, so maybe this changes there, but in Grand Theft Auto 4, like, you know, you drive around the city, but what you're doing is you're calling a guy... You're driving to a marker on this in the city, getting him, and then you have to drive to another place, shoot a guy, and then drive back, and then the mission's over. Um, and while it gives you an open world to run around in, it doesn't really take advantage of it. Because once you're on a mission, you're on a mission. Like, you're there. 
what Zelda does is it lets you do anything. Like there is, you know, you have your intro start where you have to get your, uh, oh, what are they called? The, um, your, your individual powers, uh, for the Sheikah slate, you know, your magnetism and time stop and such. Uh, you have to go through that, but once you're out of there, you just go. Just <laughs> the goal of the game is to kill Ganon, and it's up to you to figure out how to do that. And you know, you just you find so many things organically. Like it doesn't fill your map with, you know, your mini map or your in-game map with icons everywhere. It just there's so much of it that just lets you go nuts. Uh, you know, you you run into missions here and there. You run into characters. You know. You know, the big thing for me is, you know, we were playing it and we got to a point where it was like, oh, okay, well, I think there's a side mission over here. Let's go check it out. Like, someone wanted something from the south, and then we ran across uh, one of the fish people, um, one of the Zoras, and then we start talking to them, and then suddenly we're going to the Zora uh, legendary beast, and then we have to deal with that. And it's just, it does such a good job of making the world feel organic. It feels like things are happening. You stumble across things that aren't just, you know, getting to a tower, you know, pressing a button and then having all these icons show up on your map. Like, it's up to you to find them. It's up to you to discover the world. And I feel like that's important for the genre of open world games if it wants to continue to evolve. Um, it just goes to show, like, you give Nintendo time and they they will take what you know and turn it on its head. Uh, next up, Mario Odyssey, uh, a follow-up to... Really, it's a follow-up... What did they say? I think they said it was kind of a follow-up to Mario Sunshine, the way it's uh, structured. So you're going around different areas, and in each area there's going to be a ton of uh, moons they are in this game. Uh, they're not shines, they're not stars, they're moons. Um, and it's just it's just fun. Mario Odyssey is just a fun game. Every world you go into is fun. The music's great. It feels good to control Mario. They did an incredible job with the controls. Like, Mario is snappy, he responds, like, he does what you think he should do. Like, I, I don't think there was really ever a time where I was fighting the controls to get him to do what I wanted to do. And in a platformer, when you're supposed to be, you know, hitting these jumps exactly... Having the mechanics to let you do that is so important, and they nailed it. Uh, you know, the uh, the different worlds, the different kingdoms you go to are all, like, awesome. You know, you go to, like, Sombrero Town, you go to Ice Town, you go to New Donk City. Um, you know, you're fighting Bowser a couple times. You know, Princess Peach is kicking around. There's a ton of toads. It's just, it's a fun it's a fun game. It's just fun from top to bottom. Uh, you know, there's so much to do. And even when you finish the game, you unlock like twice as many moons. And there's just, there's always something to do. And it always feels good. And it's always a joy to run around that world. I, I think Mario Odyssey is really a masterclass in what a 3D platformer can be. And in a genre that has more or less died out, uh, it, I'm curious to see if someone will take... Uh, some of the cues from Mario Odyssey and then move forward, or if Mario is just going to carry that torch on its own. Uh, and last up is Persona 5. Now, Persona 5 is the only game on this list that I have not finished, uh, but I have put in about as much time into Persona as I have into Mario. Uh, my save file right now is at 28, 29 hours. Uh, I'm on the third dungeon. Um, it's 
so unfortunately I can't talk about a lot of what happens in that game, but the world they set up is great. Um, I love walking around Tokyo, even virtual Tokyo. Uh, you know, they, they do a good job. Like the characters are cool. The story's always pulling me through. Like I had a, a section the other day I played for two hours and I didn't fight a character. I didn't fight an enemy. I just talked and it was still fun. I liked running around and finding people and talking to them. The style of that game is incredible. The music is great. Um, just the way the way they have built upon Persona, and uh, and again, you know, talking about genre classifications, you know, it's a JRPG. I don't like JRPGs. I find them long-winded and boring and just exhausting. I've never really finished one, but Persona Five has so much. Maybe heart is the wrong word, but it, that's what it feels like. It's it's just like you care about these characters. When they go through bad stuff, you feel bad and you want to help them. And then they just they do a good job of of writing, you know, pretty much across the board. So you know, uh, you know, maybe things turn awful in the next seventy hours. I don't know, but I I, I connected enough with Persona Five this year that I felt it it should have been on this list. So your winner of your game of the year, Third Extra Lives Game of the Year, is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, it, it's a game that, you know, uh, the DLC just came out, the second DLC, uh, a week or so ago, and immediately we jumped in and started playing it again, and any chance we had, I just wanted to play more Zelda. The game, just mechanically speaking, is so fun. Uh, the shrines are great, like adding new shrines is exactly what I was looking for. I was hoping for more story out of that DLC, but... Uh, give me some shrines, I'll be good. Uh, and it was just—it's just so much fun. Um, yeah, it's you know, in in any other year, Mario probably takes it, but and 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 I'm not even the biggest Zelda fan. You know, I've I've played them, played most of them over the years, but Breath of the Wild—they just—they really captured something special. Um, and it's just—it's uh, just a great, great game. Okay, and our final category for the night, the movies. Uh, I actually saw a fair amount of movies this year. I was very surprised when I pulled up the list of, you know, big big movie releases for the year. And uh, and I looked up and it was like, oh, wow. I actually I had a list of 15 movies that I saw either in the theater or shortly thereafter uh, that came out this year, which is shocking. I generally don't see many movies. But uh, anyway... We've got uh, we've got three movies here, so let's uh, let's run them down. We've got Logan, uh, Marvel Studios. Uh, we've got Baby Driver, which uh, I really should have. Oh boy, it's an Edgar Wright movie. I wish I knew what studio it came out, or maybe it doesn't really matter. Uh, and then we've got Wonder Woman, uh, DC movie, uh, which is surprising because DC movies are generally trash. But let's uh, let's talk them through. So Logan is, uh, you know, the the quote unquote finale of the uh, the character of Wolverine, as played by Hugh Jackman. Uh, back when they were with Fox, still. So actually, it wasn't a Marvel Studios movie. I was wrong. Um, what Logan does really well is focuses on the few characters it has and makes you care about them. Uh, some of the X Men movies, and I haven't seen them all. Um, begin to fail when you're trying to juggle 20 mutants you know you're trying to juggle 30 mutants you're trying to show that there's a whole school 
and that's fine for a comic series but for a movie like what is that like you're giving everyone two minutes of time if there's 30 characters suddenly you spent an air an hour just introducing people so what this movie does is it cuts you down to you've got you know professor x and logan and you know them and then you've got uh you know x23 and those are your three main characters for the movie. You know, a couple other characters come in and out. You know, you've got your your bad guy with the Reavers and stuff like that. But when you can just focus on those characters, you can make a, a strong, strong character-focused movie. If you focus on characters, you make character-focused movie. It makes sense. It maths out. Uh, and they did a great job. They gave Logan real weight, um... You know, Professor X, uh, Patrick Stewart, it does a, everyone across the board is a great performance. The world they set up is so bleak and so applicable to Wolverine uh, as a character and, and that Logan character. And, you know, X-23, the girl playing her, was incredible. Uh, it was shot amazingly. I really want to get the noir edition and watch that movie in black and white. I just want to watch it again because it was just so, so cool. Um, Logan is just a cool ass movie. Uh, Baby Driver, uh, is a movie I wasn't sure I was going to see in time for something like this, but, uh, you know, thankfully friend rented it and we hung out and watched it and, uh, Baby Driver's so good. Um, so it, 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 what it does, what it does good, what it does good, what it does well is it. It uses its soundtrack in a great way, and similar to the way that Guardians of the Galaxy did, um, except the music is more intrinsic to Baby, the character. Uh, it's more mm, more necess- It's more necessary. Like it's physically necessary for him to have his music, uh, whereas Guardians, like the music, just means a lot to him. So it's it's it's. I'm not. I don't want to compare the two because I they're two very different movies. But they approach a similar problem, which is how to integrate music into your movie. Uh, and Baby Driver is a great heist film. Uh, it, it does a it does a very good job of setting up the stakes, uh, setting up who you're rooting for and why he's doing what he's doing. Um, you know, it it has a a predictable but great twist. You know, about halfway through, and you realize that you know. Baby's going to have to keep doing what Baby does. Um, it's just, it's it's a super fun movie. I like Edgar Wright's movies. I like the way he shoots them. I like the way he writes them. The way he gets characters to work together. And uh, and I think they do a great job with Baby Driver. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the last movie, Wonder Woman. Uh, which uh, you can go back and listen to an earlier episode where I uh, gush all about Wonder Woman, so I'm not going to do too much here on that. Um, But I I think Wonder Woman does a really good job, you know, lighting up the, uh, the world that DC had kind of walked itself into. So, uh, yeah, if you go back to uh, episode 13, uh, I go over Power Rangers and Wonder Woman in that episode, but, uh, like, Wonder Woman, like, thinking about uh, Superman, uh, sorry, Man of Steel, um, and I still haven't seen Batman vs. Superman, but the movies are just so bleak and a bummer, and these characters, Superman and Wonder Woman specifically, are supposed to be beacons of hope, 
for everyone and to have superman just be this downtrodden sad crap factory um is such a bummer and of course batman's going to be a sad crap factory but that's all he ever is a sad crap factory um i don't know where the term crap factory came from but it just came to me so we're gonna roll with it uh and but wonder woman it just it just shows like she uh, her character is just so cool. Like she just wants things to be better. She doesn't understand why it can't be better. Why can she not help people? And and it's just a very uplifting thing, uh, especially in 2017. Uh, you know, we don't need more dark and brooding superheroes. We've had enough of that. We're not the 90s anymore. Let's have some fun. And you know, I don't mean fun in the sense of haha joke every minute, but I just mean fun as in. Let's just watch some cool stuff happen and have some good characters and some characters we want to root for instead of characters we kind of have to hate. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, your winner of 30 Extra Lives Movie 2017 is Wonder Woman. Uh, I kind of almost talked myself into Logan there while I was talking about it. Um, and that movie's really good. But... Like I was saying um, just a minute ago, we kind of need more bright movies. At least I do. You know, I need some lighter movies every once in a while. And I, I like superhero stuff. And I just I think Wonder Woman is, is great for that. I think Logan is an incredible movie. And Baby Driver is super fun. But I think Wonder Woman is the movie that I needed in 2017. So it wins our Third Extra Lives Movie of the Year award. So thank you, everyone for tuning in uh, a quick programming note um a new podcast should be up next tuesday uh, where we get back into ninja turtles the next mutation um but for the rest of this week and maybe into next week uh the comics going on a little bit of a hiatus while i do some you know traveling with family and stuff uh, i should have actually noted this last week because no comics went up last week either and that was a similar situation uh, i am also working on a documentary uh, which will premiere in the middle of January. Um, keep an eye out for that. But that's taking up a lot of my time too. So I apologize if the comics aren't going to come quite as uh, fast and furious in these next few weeks uh, as normal. But we'll be back on track sh soon enough in January. Uh, so once again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at 30ExtraLives. You can find me on Twitter at TLynch117. You can find me at Facebook at facebook.com slash 30extralives. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, shoot those over an email to 30extralives at gmail.com. Uh, every Monday and Friday, except for this week when we get back on schedule, every Monday and Friday at 30extralives.com is a webcomic, and every Wednesday at thecatholiesdies.com, another webcomic. So for the third time, thank you. Everyone for tuning in, I've been Tom Lynch, and you've been awesome.